Good morning. How many of you know that when the enemy raises his ugly head against us in the midst of a difficult situation, um, that you know that God's about to do something miraculous? I just lost my whole message on my iPad. Totally gone. But the devil didn't get this one. So I still have a message for you this morning. Praise God. We're really excited about being here. Um, I, I need to say this before this video even runs, that uh, when you look at the word and you see what Jesus did, he spoke to the multitudes. He spoke to the multitudes. He preached to the multitudes. But it was with his 12, those that were closest to him, that he shared the deep truths of the kingdom of God. And there's a reason why he could do that. It's because he trusted them. He trusted them. I want you to know that your pastor, to me, is one of those individuals that I can trust with whatever I tell him. You have incredible leaders at the helm of your ship. I cannot say this really anywhere else. This man of character and integrity, I love him so dearly and you are so blessed. So you need to give it up for your pastor right now. Amen. So with that, I am going to share with you a short video, short. Pastors never do anything short. <laughs> it's about a four and a half minute video of our missions trip this year in the Dominican Republic. Please give your attention. Through the wind of your spirit 
And we want to thank each and every one of you because she's fr from the moment that we launched out on this endeavor 17 years ago, um, your pastor and his wife personally, and then you as a congregation have supported us and made it possible for us to go. I want to thank each and every one of you. Come on, thank the Lord for each and every one of you right now. Amen. 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 I want to invite you to go with us this year to the Dominican Republic. You may say, well, I'm not medical. That's okay. 70% of our team needs to be non-medical to facilitate the medical side of our missionary endeavor. And God has blessed us so much with so many incredible people. If you are living and breathing, you are qualified. <laughs> because there's so many things for you to be able to do. Security and, and, and ministry and, and children's ministry, youth ministry, adult ministry. Uh, there's logistics. There's uh, security. Um, if you end up being on uh, Bob's uh, construction team, the animals, I pray for you. 
They are awesome. Come on, give it up for Bob. Amen. I know he's going to hate me for that. But here's the, here's the bottom line. The thing is, is that it's just incredible that, that during that one-week period, the people that come on the missions trip just pour out everything within them, and then for, somehow they're able to reach even deeper and give even more and do even more. And that's what Bob and the construction team and our medical team, our pharmacy, oh my gosh, they are just amazing people. Um, everybody on our team, we want you to be a part of it. June 18th through the 26th, 2018. Everything is on the website right now. Click on the DR 2018 missions trip to the Dominican Republic and you can sign up today. Because as soon as all those spots are filled, that's 250 spots, we fill up the entire resort, then we'll have to close down um, our registration process and uh, because they don't have any more closets to put people in. I mean, we were really looking for rooms last year, so please jump in right away. We'd love to have you go this year. It's going to be an amazing year. Um, who likes coffee? Let me see your hand. There you are, right there, sir. That is the best coffee in the world. Comes from the Dominican Republic and Starbucks hates us. <laughs> now that's free to him. If you would like some, it's for sale in the foyer. <laughs> My wife will be glad to take care of you. I tell you this all the time. Got a couple DVDs. We've got several DVDs out in the foyer that we'd like to make available to you. One of them is, uh, there's several of them, but they were all filmed down at uh, Fort Myers First Assembly Church of about 9,000. They got about 3,000 people in every service that they preached during the weekend, three services every weekend, and these were all filmed there. These are DVDs, and uh, they're two of my favorite. This one's a man named Malchus. Malchus was the guy that was in the Garden of Gethsemane that just happened to be on the receiving end of Peter's sword. Remember that story? Took off his ear. Malchus was hurt by a Christian, by Peter, a good man, People today are hurt by good people. They are, even people in the church. But how do you find your way back to healing and wholeness? This DVD helps you with this. Now, these are free to whoever comes up and gets them first, after the service. I mentioned that when I preached for Joyce Myers, and people came running up immediately as I said that. Wait until after the service. It's right here. This one is the birthing power of the Holy Spirit. This tells the story of how God wants to birth the unborn greatness and potential in your life. Did you know that you have unborn greatness and potential in your life? Amen. But it's only by the hovering, the warmth of the presence of the Holy Spirit that's going to birth that unborn greatness and potential in you. It is also the story of how I got saved after doing 50, 60, 50 to 60 hits of acid a week. And that is miraculous in itself. Can you say amen? amen? So those are free to whoever gets them first after the service. Okay, enough with the commercials. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Good, good. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. They are powerful words for us. Powerful. Let me read it to you. 
For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. The message translation says it this way. I know what I'm doing. This is God. How many of you are thankful? God knows what he's doing. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call upon me and when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. Aren't you thankful God listens to us? He hears the cries of his children. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. God never plays hide-and-go-seek with us. When you come looking for him, you will find him. That's what it says here. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. You can count on it. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank, for, thank you for what you are about to do here in our midst, Lord. That God, your word is going to go forth and it's going to produce fruit wherein it is sent. Help me to preach your word with truth and clarity. I'm nothing on my own, God, but in you I can do all things. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Jeremiah 29, 11 has been the foundational scripture for Hope International since its birth 17 years ago. And this year, Debbie and I lived this scripture in the Dominican Republic, and our lives have been changed forever because of it. And this morning, I pray that your life will be impacted as well. Here's an absolute for you, and you don't find many absolutes in this world anymore, but here's an absolute for you. It's found in Psalms 37, verse 23. It declares that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Who are the righteous? You are. You are the righteous. Not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done. Can you say amen? amen. Righteousness is not about our works, but about our relationship with him. For once we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and come into our lives, he instantly clothes us in his righteousness. And then God promises us right here that once we enter into that relationship with him, friends, he will order, he will direct our steps. How many of you want your steps to be ordered of him? I do, I do. Steps, let me talk to you a little bit about steps. We left our church that we planted and pioneered and pastored in Michigan for 20 years in the Michigan district of the Assemblies of God to establish Hope International Ministries. That was 17 years ago, September 18th of this year. But before we had the chance, we wanted to get a, a ship, an, an ocean-going vessel, a 500-foot ship, to equip it with a fully functional hospital to go around the world and to take hope and help and healing to people all over the world and every nation of the world. But before we had the opportunity to get the ship, God took us to the Dominican Republic and he gave us uncommon favor with the people, the pastors, and the president of the country. At that time, Leonel Fernandez, who became a great friend of ours in our ministry. After his eight-year term was up, 
the newly elected president, Danilo Medina, asked to meet with us. We went in and had a meeting with us, and, and i got to be honest with you, it wasn't a warm and fuzzy meeting. He was happy to meet with us because he was glad for all the things that we have done for his country and for his people for so many years. He knew about it. He had heard about us. But it wasn't a real friendly meeting. At that time, I presented him with this statue right here the statue of a man kneeling at a chair with his Bible down at the base of it. You can come up and look at this after the service. And in English, on this statue, it says, Seek me with all of your heart. And then it says, Jeremiah 29, 13, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. This was all in Spanish but it's the exact same statue that I gave to him at that time. When I gave that to him at that time, I then asked if I could pray for him. What are you thinking, Kurt? You're asking to pray for the leader of a nation? And to my surprise, he said, yes, absolutely. So we laid hands upon the president of the Dominican Republic, and we declared God's word over his life. And then after I got done doing that, I said, Mr. President, referring back to the statue, you carry upon your shoulders the weight of your nation. And you'll need help to govern properly. And I want you to know that God is there for you. If you only ask him, he'll give you wisdom with which to govern. Wow, what an incredible meeting that was. I'll tell you what, it was amazing. But fast forward now to February of this year. That was their second meeting in February of this year with the president of the Dominican Republic. The same president that I gave this statue to, that I prayed over, President Danilo Medina. And when we walked into his office, he had a smile on his face. Really, this was a total different man that I was meeting with. Debbie and I walked in there. He was actually happy to see us. He greeted us like we were old friends. And I'm like, who is this guy? And, and we sat down and we had a, an incredibly constructive meeting and great things happened out of that meeting. It was like unbelievable. He was joyful and accommodating. And after that meeting, we asked to see the special needs orphanage that we had heard about three years earlier in our meeting with the president. You see, there was an individual very close to the president. We're not going to say who it was. I'm not going to tell you if it was a man or a woman. We're just going to give that individual a name this morning. Let's call him Joe. Well, Joe was in our first meeting with the president, and he had told us about a special need uh, orphanage in Santo Domingo. In this second meeting, three years later, he was there. And I said, Joe, I'd like to see that, second, that, that, that special needs orphanage. And he said, I'll pick you up tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock. So we went and we saw this special needs orphanage. It had 38 children that had cerebral palsy. A pastor had started this, this, uh, this orphanage because his child was a special needs child. 
And people in the community would hear about him all through the country, and they would bring their special needs child to his house and, and just ask him to take care of their child for a little while. While they went shopping, they never returned. The number of children grew to 38 children. Some of them that were found alongside of the road burned because their parents took them and tried to kill them because they couldn't take care of them themselves. This pastor and his wife took care of them, and as we walked into that, uh, into that facility that day, that special needs orphanage, that special needs orphanage was probably three times the size of the sanctuary and three stories high. It was huge. Nicely taken care of. And as I walked into that facility, I noticed the paint on the ceiling and the first floor, it was, it was, it was flaking off. And I asked Joe, I said, Joe, what's the deal here? What's going on here? He says, well, listen, he says, the top floor, the roof, it was done by a contractor. It was done very poorly, and it leaks really bad. We have water coming in all over the place during the rainy season. And immediately, God spoke to me. Fix the roof. And I'm like, but God. And then God said, put a new roof on this place. I said, God, I can't do this. How do you expect us to? We, this is going to cost a lot of money. We, we're, we're on the North Shore. We're five and a half hours away. How are we going to come down here and fix this roof? It's going to cost thousands of dollars, God. There is no way we can do this. And then I turned to Joe and said, we're going to put a new roof on this place. <laughs> and at that moment, my wife went, Because she knew that Hope International is not the first national bank of Hope International. We didn't have that kind of money. That we needed God now to do a miracle of provision. Two weeks later, we were in a small church in Indianapolis, Indiana. And while the offering was being received, see, the pastor said, Kurt, let's just show this thing. I wasn't even scheduled to preach. I didn't. He said, let's just show the video and see what people do. And so he showed the video, and I went and sat down. And during the offering for the, 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 the roof, I'm sitting there, and this guy with blue jeans and a flannel shirt comes over, and he whispers in my ear, my wife and I have a foundation. We'll pay the $15,000 to put that new roof on that facility. Can you say praise the Lord? My wife was sitting next to me. Tears were coming down my face. I couldn't say a word. And my wife was sitting there not knowing what happened. She's saying, what happened? What did he say? What's going on? You know? And, and uh, I'm sure that your wife doesn't do that to you guys. <laughs> that roof ended up costing $19,000, the total project of shipping all the supplies and uh, taking care of the roof and moving all the electrical and all the water and everything cost about $35,000. And wouldn't you know that our God took care of it all? Yes! 
That day that we went to the special needs orphanage, we spent about five hours with Joe, and Joe took us all over the place, and, and he shared so many things with us. It was just absolutely incredible to hear what Joe had to say. But he said he would oftentimes come into his president's office to get things ready for that day's meetings and all the business that needed to be taking place in the palace that day. And he would come into the president's office, president's office and unbeknownst to him, the president was already there, and he would find his president kneeling at the couch, praying for his country. Hallelujah. Why is that so significant? I'll tell you why it's so significant. Because Joe is not a believer. And he said this to us. He said that a change had taken place in his president's life between the first meeting that we had and the second meeting that we had with him, that his president had become a man of great Faith in God. Hallelujah. The step to the righteous order of God. Can you say amen? So now fast forward to June 1st of this year. Debbie and I are already in the Dominican Republic. There we are. We are waiting for our team to arrive. We're getting our containers out of customs. We've gone down. We've done everything that needs to be done. We're excited. One container with $2 million of supplies for the special needs orphanage. The second container with $8 million of medicine and medical supplies. So now we're ready to get them out. And it was at this point that things went terribly wrong. Can you say terribly wrong? Yeah, that's what happened. Things went terribly wrong at this point. The shipping company had messed up our paperwork. They had the numbers on the containers switched and the wrong numbers on the seal numbers of the containers. Immediately our containers went into, were seized by the legal department of the Dominican Republic. I reached out to the president's office and every day, every day for the next three weeks came with another challenge. And it looked as if we were never going to get those containers released to, our team, to us before our team arrived. And really, it didn't look like we were ever going to get them at all. I was in constant contact with Joe. I was texting him every day, WhatsApp. How many of you got WhatsApp? WhatsApp me, man. I want to be your friend. So we, we're texting back and forth with Joe, and Joe said, I'm doing everything I can from the president's office. We're working diligently to get your containers released, but it looked like it was never going to happen. Finally, a few days before our team arrived, 267 people throughout, from throughout the United States, the medical container was released. Yes. We opened the back doors of the container and started unloading it only to discover that it wasn't our medicine. It was the supplies. Wow. I, I, I can't fully tell you how devastated I was. You, you got to understand, friends. My heart sank so deeply. I mean, I'm, I'm reliving those feelings right now. Listen, it was the perfect storm. 
It was the perfect storm that threatened to render our team totally powerless and totally disrupt our entire mission that we had come to accomplish. But if there's one thing that I've learned as being a pastor and as a Christian, if there's one thing that I've learned is this, that when you're in a storm, you keep on rowing. That when you're in a fight, you keep on fighting. That if you've been knocked down, you remember you're not defeated unless you stay on the ground for the 10 count. You trust in the Lord at all times. You fight the good fight of faith. You wipe the mud off your face. You stand back up on your feet and you remember that your steps are ordered of him. Things had gone terribly wrong. In the eyes of the disciples, things had gone terribly wrong. After his triumphant entrance into the city of Jerusalem that Palm Sunday day, to the chants of thousands and thousands of people, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And only five days later, his disciples watched their Lord being nailed to a tree. In the eyes of the disciples, things had gone terribly wrong. I thought in my mind, God, what am I going to do? Our team was about to arrive. We had no medicine. Can you imagine 267 people from five different nations, 22 different states, 61 different churches, seven different denominations, all of which have taken 10 days off of work, paid their own way to come, and I have absolutely no medicine for them to work with. <laughs> In my mind, I thought, God, do you have any clue what you're doing? What a stupid question. I'm thinking, what's going to happen to all these people that need to be treated? How are we going to help them without any medicine? And then I thought, it really got personal for me at this point. It got very, I, should I say, um, 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 very personal. <laughs> I thought, God, I got all these medical people coming. I've got no medicine for them to use. They're about to get here right now, and I've got nothing that I promised. No one is ever going to take a trip with me ever again. And then I got really selfish here. I thought, hopefully, when I get back to the United States, since I'm a nice guy, I love people, I'm personable, I can go to Walmart, and they'll give me a blue vest, and they'll let me greet people at the door for the rest of my life, because my ministry is over. That's a joke, folks. <laughs> Have you ever been in a place where the deadline was approaching? Where you've been between a rock and a hard place? And you've been trying to figure things out? That's exactly where we were. That's exactly where I was. And it was then that the Holy Spirit in my wife, sometimes I can't tell the two apart. They reminded me, he has it all planned out. 
You see, guys, this is where we need to get rid of our male Neanderthal way of thinking that our wives are just a showpiece on our own and understand that the Holy Spirit can speak through them because they have a sensitivity to him that we may not have, and it would do us well to listen to them once in a while. Amen. <laughs> guys, this is your opportunity. You want to watch football? And every man said, Amen. exactly. I'm tanking up here big time. <laughs> Debbie reminded me, she said, listen, honey, God has everything planned out. So did I relax? No! <laughs> Not at all. But I can tell you that every day, every moment of every day, as we continued with the logistics, planning for our team's arrival, we were continually praying. Prayer. You know what? Prayer brings peace. So did we have peace? No! <laughs> but it did bring me perspective. You see, here's what I want you to understand this morning. Unfortunately, because I'm human, like most of you, <laughs> I sometimes have to relearn lessons from difficult times earlier in my walk with Jesus. And I need to be put in remembrance of that which I had learned. And I had to be put in remembrance of the fact that God can take any mess and turn it into a miracle. You see, if we have the mind of Christ, then we have his thoughts too. And if we have his thoughts, then we have his plans. Plans for us. God's plans for us. And the power that's necessary to accomplish those plans. Because God would never give us those plans if he wasn't going to give us the power to make it happen. By the time 267 team members arrived, God's plan was well in motion, people. I told the team our situation, that the medicine that we needed was still in a container in the port, that everything that was being done was being done that was possible to get its release. And then it hit me, Romans 8, 28, for we know. Yeah. I'm thinking, no, what? At this time, I was completely perplexed. Paul declared, for we know that all things, listen, friends, not just some things, not just the easy things, not just the pleasant things, but even those things that are difficult, challenging, hard, devastating, and causing us to suffer. Are you getting the picture here, church? Paul said, but all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It's interesting. It's really interesting how he ends that scripture, according to his purpose, because at this moment, according to his purpose, meant something totally different to us than what we had thought. Let me share with you just a couple things that I learned over again. When things go wrong and it looks like the end, it's really just the beginning of something supernatural. You got to hear this, friends. 
in our orientation meeting, I explained the situation about the containers to our team that we were going to hold our mobile clinics the next day just as we had planned. And if we didn't have medicine to give our patients, we would give them Jesus. Isn't that pastoral? <laughs> so pastoral to do. This is an exact replica of the black boxes that we use in the Dominican Republic to take our medicine out to every single village that we go to. These black boxes are usually filled with anywhere from 100 to 150 pounds of medicine, depending upon whether they're pills or they're liquid. Our pharmacists fill these things up to the top, and we have like five of them now. And every day we completely go through the medicine, almost completely depleting our, 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 our resources that are in this black box, and we bring them back to the resort every night. We fill them back up so that we can then use them again the next day in the next clinic that we have in the next village. These boxes are pretty big, you can see. They're massive, they hold a lot. And we had nothing. We had nothing. We had like three or four one-quart bags of medicine left over from the year before. Yeah, that's gonna go a long way. I'm thinking, God, what are we gonna do? We went out set up just like we did every year. The clinic was going smooth until I noticed that about an hour into the first day's clinic, there was a whole bunch of people all backed up at the pharmacy. You know all about that, don't you? <laughs> They're all backed up. They're all sitting there, and I'm going, what's going on here? I go walking over, and I said, hey, Margie. Margie's our lead pharmacist. I said, Margie, what's happening over here? Uh, why are all these people sitting here? And she said, well, pastor, they're waiting for their prescriptions to be filled. I said, what are you talking about? She said, we're filling the prescriptions with the medicine that you got us. I didn't get them any medicine. Have you ever heard of a story where God took a few fishes and a few loaves and he fed 5,000? I'm telling you, that's what happened this year. The miracle working God of the universe, man, came down and did something supernatural that first day. The next day, I was able to connect with some other resources, and medicine came in from this direction and that direction, and we had no lack for that entire trip. Can you say praise God? Another lesson that I was reminded of is that what may be causing us to suffer now is actually something that is shaping us to be able to receive immeasurably above and beyond all that we could ask or think. 
You see, God showed us that when we have nothing, in him we have everything. And our dependence all these years was upon the medicine more than on his miracle working power. Three blind people came into the prayer room one day. I mean, they were blind. Other people brought them into the clinic. Through our security gate, the security people saw them. Whites completely covered their eyes. They were blind. They were led into the prayer room and they began to pray over the first person. They laid hands on the first person, not the other two that were standing behind them, but the first person. They laid hands on her and began to pray for her. And as they began to pray, tears streamed down her face. Listen, tears streamed down her face. And then suddenly she opened her eyes. The whites were gone and she shouted, I can see! Yes! God's power! But wait, that's not all. The other two behind that hadn't been prayed for yet, they were receiving that prayer that was going for that first person. They opened their eyes and they said, we can see. It was a domino effect healing by the power of God. His hand, by his stripes, you are healed. Hallelujah. This old lady, she came in crippled. Listen, everybody saw this because everybody sees these people coming in. 267 people, except for the construction team who are out pounding nails and just being brutes. I mean, they're making it happen and building a church for people to worship in. Uh, all the other folks are at the same location and all the rest of our team, they saw this lady. She came in crippled like this. She could barely walk. And so I was standing in the courtyard. There's a two-story building on this side. There's a two-story building on on this side it's a school building complex I'm in the courtyard I'm talking to our clinic director I see this lady she goes like this walking into the clinic into the prayer room because there's nothing our doctors could do for her this year and uh, or at any time and suddenly over here from the prayer room we heard about a bunch of shouting people screaming and hollering and suddenly I see this I see this old lady bolt out of the prayer room. And she's yelling, glory adios, glory adios. And she just kept right on going out the gate. She just left. She didn't even stop for her gift. Like, ah, come back. People came to our clinic crippled in pain. Medicine couldn't help them. But our physicians at their stations prayed over them. And God came down. They didn't, God didn't wait for them to get to the prayer room. Right in their seats, God touched them and healed them. His power was displayed in such a miracle, in such an incredible way that, that, that all of our people during five days of mobile clinics, we recorded... 100. This is the first year that we've ever recorded these things, wrote them down. I had them write them down. I have it in my hands. I have it in print that we saw 136 miracles of healing confirmed by our doctors. Can you say amen? 
It was such a powerful display of God's healing power that an unsaved cancer surgeon from Ohio gave her life to Jesus Christ two years ago. She came back again this year, and she brought her daughter with her, and they were baptized in water together this year. And just a few weeks after we got back from the Dominican Republic this year, she wrote me a letter. She said, Pastor Kurt, I have a prayer request. One of my nurses was diagnosed with age four cancer, breast cancer, with metastatic disease. I don't even know what that is. She's young. She has two young kids. Her name is Christine. Thank you. There is power in prayer. I believe in miracles. Love hearing that from a newborn babe in Christ. Amen? A week after she sent me that email, she sent me a follow-up. She said, Pastor Kurt, Christine has gone through a full checkup. I don't know what it is that they do. And the doctors are perplexed. They can find no cancer in her body. Yes! A few days after our team returned to the United States, one of our DR2017 team members, Sharon, posted this on Facebook. Now, Sharon and I, I was saved in a youth group when I was about 19 years old. Sharon was in that youth group, so I've known her all these years, and she's been on several of our trips. This is what she said. Okay, for those of you who think miracles and healing only happen in the Bible, I'm going to be walking, talking testimony that they happen today. Before I left for the Dominican Republic, I had to get clearance from our, my doctor because my CT scan showed a tumor in my bone of my head, a tumor in my sinus, and a cyst in my mastoid bone. Listen closely. As a four-time cancer survivor... She beat cancer four times already in her short life. As a four-time cancer survivor, any tumor that includes bone is scary. I grew up knowing about miracles and watching them happen, but I'm, I was still afraid. My daddy died from a brain tumor when I was seven years old. This is getting real. The doctor who gave me clearance to go on this mission trip gave it to me because I convinced her that I really needed to go. I had obstacle after obstacle try to prevent me from going on this trip. And let me say, if you decide to go on the trip to the Dominican Republic this next year, be prepared. You will have obstacle after obstacle. Because the enemy always throws obstacles in the path of what God wants you to do. Because he knows that you're going to do something supernatural for him. That God is going to use you in a supernatural way. And so the enemy will throw obstacles in your path. She said, I had obstacle after obstacle trying to prevent me from going on this trip. We arrived on Monday morning. I worked all week with a terrible, head terrible headaches. I won't pretend that my job on the team was hard because it was so much fun being with the other women in the pharmacy. What do you guys do in the pharmacy anyways? <laughs> You're not supposed to have fun on a trip. She said, my head hurt every day. My head still hurt, through, the, and my poor husband had to deal with me after being out in the sun building a church because I had absolutely no nerve left, and I was crabby, to put it mildly. 
I was done with clinics on Saturday. Saturday was our last day of clinics. She said, Sunday night I chose to go to a Dominican church that Pastor Rob Stancer was speaking at. And before the church started, church service started, and while the people were coming in, I started worshiping God during the songs, all in Spanish, that I couldn't sing to. For some reason, I felt the need to ask God to send an army of angels to protect me, my health, my marriage, my job, and my family. Immediately, my ears popped, which hadn't happened in two months because it was impossible with the tumors that were in the way. My headache was immediately gone. I haven't had a headache since. And she goes on to say, yesterday I had an MRI to see if the tumor in my head had reached my brain before my upcoming appointment with the neurologist. This morning, which is a Saturday morning, she said, this morning, can you believe it? The doctor called me to say he doesn't understand it, but all the tumors are gone. Two hundred and sixty-seven team members watched people being healed before their very eyes this year. And I was reminded that in the United States, we have so much available to us. We have medicine, we have doctors, we have specialists of every kind that we too often turn to him for healing as a last resort instead of our first choice. When we fully understand church, when we fully understand and accept that God knows the plans that he has for us, that they're good plans, not bad plans, it's then that we begin to understand and we can declare with confidence, for we know that all things work together for the good. Yeah, this year was challenging. It was a struggle. Struggle doesn't mean you're weak. It just means that you're alive. And our struggle was a living proof that we had not given up and that the enemy had not won. You see, today's tragedies, people, turn into tomorrow's triumphs. And tomorrow's triumphs turn into testimonies that will change the most unsuspecting person's life. Whatever challenge that you're facing today, you need to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is here to help you. He said, don't be afraid. Why? He said, because I am here. I am here. Praise God. You know, you're not alone in this, friends. Everyone faces difficulties. How about you, Pastor Kurt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're facing difficulties. Sure. Lots. But you see, what I've learned is this, and you need to learn this as well. You need to get your focus off the difficulties and get focused on your victories that are right around the corner. Why? Because God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Listen, we serve a good God. He's got good plans for all of you. Can you say amen? They're good and not evil. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. Your weakness, friends, will never be greater than the strength that God can give you in your moments of uncertainty. He says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Can you say amen?
Let me finish right now with this. As God said to, through Jeremiah in the days of old, he's saying it to us now. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you and not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you've hoped for. But will you trust me? Will you trust me? When you call upon me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. But will you trust me? When you come looking for me, you'll find me, yes. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. But will you trust me? I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. You can count on it. But will you trust me? You may think that your black box today is empty, just like this one is. And that your resources are depleted, like ours was. Your black box may be financial. Your black box may be physical. Your black box may be relationship. Your black box may be ministry. Your black box may be your employment. It may be your business. And right now you're looking at your black box and you're saying, God, it's empty. My resources are totally depleted. But that is not an obstacle for the God that we serve. Why? Because he's got a plan for you. And God said, I'll turn things around for you. You can count on it. Did we finally get our container? Yes. And we're all set for next year. <laughs> there are those of you right now that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and he's saying, what about your black box? And you know that it's depleted. It could be mean anything physical financial relationship ministry it could mean anything but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying that your black box is empty and depleted and if you'll just seek me and want it more than anything else I'll fill it up today right now in this service some of you say that'll take a miracle God that did miracles in the Dominican Republic is the God that does miracles right here in this room. 
And as we sang earlier, we believe in miracles. And he can do it here right now. So I'm going to ask you this morning, if your black box is depleted and you need God to do a miracle and to fill it today, no matter what your black box represents, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And listen, don't look around. Nobody else can fill your black box for you like God can. Only God can do it. On the count of three, if that's you, please stand to your feet. One, two, three. If you want it more than anything else, stand to your feet right now. If you want it more than anything else, I'm going to ask you to do something else right now. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come down to this altar. Come on, right now. You want it more than anything else. Are you serious? Are you really serious about this? Is it, is it more than just, is it serious? Is it something that's getting deep down into your spirit man this morning? Then come to this altar right now and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now let me ask you another question right now. If I can ask you one more question this morning. This is my mom's Bible. It was given to her on Christmas Day, 1939. When I got home from the Dominican Republic on July 1st, I got the call from my sister in Michigan. She said, you better come now. Mom's not doing well. Mom had been in a, a care facility for about three years, two years, suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia, 87 years old. Mom had lived a full life. But I didn't know about her salvation. So a friend down in Naples flew me up in his plane and I got there and I sat beside my mom and I said, Mom, do you remember when you lived in Florida with us? And she looked, just looking blankly into, into the atmosphere, not even looking at me, just fumbling her fingers. And she, you could tell she was, she was reaching, she was trying to remember, but she couldn't. And I put my hand on her hands and I said, that's okay, Mom. I understand. And I said, Mom, do you remember when you went to church with us down in Fort Myers with Pastor Betzer? Do you remember that? And she, like, once again, just trying to remember. And I said, that's okay, Mom. And then I thought, certainly she would, 
she would remember going to Israel to Jerusalem with, with Pastor Betzer. She'd remember walking where Jesus walked. And I said, Bob, do you remember when you went to the Holy Land to Israel and you walked where Jesus walked? And just a blank stare into the atmosphere and just fumbling her fingers and she couldn't remember. I said, that's okay, Mom. I asked her one more question. I said, Mom, do you remember the day that you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and come into your life and make all things new? And it was like a light went on in her mind. She looked over at me and she smiled. She said, oh, son, how could I ever forget that day? Yes. Three weeks later, my mother went to be with Jesus. And I know she's there. Why am I telling you this story? It's because God spoke to my heart. To tell that story in every service that I preach for the next year. And I'm doing it this morning out of obedience to him. Because there may be someone here, you're not living for God. You haven't asked Jesus into your heart yet. You haven't asked him to forgive you of your sins. You may be here right now, and perhaps, perhaps, you've not been living for him, and you've fallen away, and you need to rededicate your life to him today, right now, in this service, before you leave this place. So I'm going to ask, on the count of three, if you fall into those two categories, if on the count of three, that you will raise your hand so I can pray for you today. All of these people have come up to be prayed for, so you're not alone. If you're here today and you want to ask Christ into your life or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you know it needs to be done, then raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Wherever you are, through this place. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes, yes. Someone else? Yes, yes. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask everyone, you can put your hands down, even those that raised their hands and those that didn't, if you'll repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, everyone together, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and make all things new. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you for dying for me and for raising from, rising from the dead for me. And Lord Jesus, because you died for me, from this day forward, I will live for you. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Come on, give him praise right now.